From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And away we go. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, come warm yourself by the fire. You are among friends. Open lines this hour. Again, open lines uh, for the entire hour. Again, not something we do enough of, but we're doing it tonight. So uh, now is the time uh, to unburden yourself. Ask me anything, uh, discuss anything within the confines of the format, of course. This is The Conspiracy Show. Uh, we don't talk sports. Uh, let me get, unless, it, well, it's, that's not entirely true. Maybe you, I don't know, your, uh, your little league team has uh, some conspiracy brewing. I don't know. Uh, but for the most part, you know the drill. UFOs, uh, paranormal uh, phenomena, and uh, we love some political subterfuge as well. Uh, Ian Robertson is here on the other side of the glass, twisting the knobs and dials, and Albert Vinzel, of course, the hard-working, shy, mysterious Albert Vinzel is running our Hangout on Air. Uh, a very good friend of the program, Patrick White from Conspiracy Culture right here in Toronto is here, and he will jump into the fray in just a few moments. Uh, in the meantime, please get on up to the website, strangeplanet.ca. That's basically a landing page. That's just the beginning of the journey, and from there, you can go uh, umpteen different directions, but I'll direct you to the radio page for The Conspiracy Show, which you're listening to right now. And up at the top there at the of the radio page, you'll find the slide carousel, where Albert and I have posted our usual assortment of tantalizing tidbits and news items and just plain weirdness, if you will. And if you're interested in the phenomenon known as indigo children... Uh, there's a great documentary from, is it Vice? I, I think it's Vice, isn't it, Albert? Right. And um, Gavin Haynes, who's a, who's a Brit, and he comes to America to investigate the secret world of indigo children. This is a select group of people who uh, believe they were born with indigo auras and possess uh, special supernatural traits and abilities. Uh, for all of you Bilderberg trackers, you can learn who the elite secretive group has chosen or anointed uh, to be the next president of the United States. Uh, and that's from WUCnews.com. Uh, they've gone on to the official Bilderberg website and gleaned some interesting information. Uh, anyway, those are just two of the stories we've posted in the slide carousel at strangeplanet.ca. Again, just go to the radio page for The Conspiracy Show. And uh, while you're there, uh, why not register? It's it's fast, it's easy, and best of all, my favorite word, free. And that gains you access to special member-only areas uh, on the website. Okay, just one more reminder. Open lines. Get on board. 416-360-0740. Or toll-free from just about anywhere. 866-740-4740. Oh, all right. People are lining up right now, but uh, before we do that, let's get our good friend Patrick White from Conspiracy Culture in here. Patrick, how are you, my friend? Richard, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm all right. Saturday, May 21st, David Polites. Tell us more. Yeah, it's the first Canadian appearance for David Polites, who does, like you said, the Missing 411 series, which is an absolutely phenomenal topic like you said, not your typical missing persons cases. You know, you can have 100 people in a room listening to David talk about a particular case, 
And you can ask them all as they're leaving the room what they think is responsible for these individuals disappearing. And every single one of them will give you a different response. So it's that type of a, of a topic of a presentation where it just, it really sends the mind out into different spots. And this is Canada missing, or sorry, missing 411 Canada. So how many books are, are there actually in the series roughly? Do we know? He's got five. There's five now. Yeah. There's one that covered sort of North America and then one that's mainly sort of the, the, the national park system in the U.S. Yeah, and they put an emphasis on the East Coast and the West Coast. Right. And uh, the most recent book, they've basically uh, indicated that they've narrowed down their field of suspects, but that they still aren't stating who or what is responsible. Well, just think about that for a moment. Five books in the series, and these are hefty tomes. These are not, you know, like uh, little pamphlets we're talking about. These are hefty, hefty tomes. And there's enough of these cases uh, to fill five volumes. That's, as Albert would say, just plain creepy. Sure, it's very comprehensive and very thorough. And like you said, some of the um, the places that these individuals are found, it just it defies all logic. You know. Well, I've uh, like a lot of people, I've heard uh, David on Coast to Coast many times, and I'm going to be. Uh, you've graciously uh, invited me to host, so I'll be uh, introducing David to the. Uh, to the assembled, tell us how we can get tickets. Well, a multitude of ways. You can either come into our bookstore, which is located at 1344 Bloor Street West, and purchase tickets in shop. You can call myself over the phone at 416-916-1696. I'm there at the store Tuesday through Saturday from 11.11 a.m. until 7.07 p.m. Or if you're technically inclined, you can order tickets through our website, which is conspiracyculture.com. Tell us about the venue. Where are we holding this? It will be at the University of Toronto at the Medical Sciences Building in the J.J.R. McLeod Auditorium, which is the lecture hall uh, 2158, and that's located at number one King's College Circle in Toronto, postal code M. Lake Mary 5, S. Lake Sam 1, A. Lake Apple 8. All right, David Politius. Missing 411 Canada, coming to Toronto, J.J.R. McLeod Auditorium, Saturday, May 21st, Conspiracy Culture Presents. I'll be hosting. Again, give us the times. Sure. So the event goes from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. We'll have the doors open at 6.30 p.m. Excellent. Patrick, always a pleasure. Good to see you again. Yeah, likewise. Thank you very much. All right. Conspiracy Culture, 1344, Bloor Street Street West. West. All right. Check it out. All right. We have uh, time to take some calls here. Uh, let's see here. Let me get my call screener up. And we have uh, Daniel joining us in Rochester. Daniel, good morning, or good evening, rather. Welcome to the Conspiracy Show. How are you, my friend? Oh, things are very good. I'm no longer in Rochester. I am out in Oregon here. You're in Oregon. Ah. I have the option of hearing you uh, replay the program on Sunday, but I get the previous week's program, which I often often hear... And which um, which station out there are you listening to? Uh, the, the um, um, let's see the Med. Uh, can't think of the call letters off this house. Is that in Medford? Uh, Thirteen eighty. Thirteen eighty yeah. in Medford, Oregon. Thirteen eighty in Medford. Excellent. It's a beautiful, um, beautiful part of the country. Yes, and I've I've long appreciated your work. I, fr- I first learned of you two three weeks after you started from uh, hearing George's program before you. And anyway, what I have for you is this. Um, uh, I know you have a 
uh, an interest in reincarnation, but not a belief in it yourself, because in part of uh, uh, Greek Orthodox teachings, correct, uh, which is understandable. And now I have a book for you uh, to look up and and have a look at uh, what one of the men uh, right in the middle of the early church, Origen, had to say on the subject. Ah, that's interesting. All right. And who uh, was this? Uh, who was this? Um, a church leader. Origen was a church father, uh, active sometime around 200 A.D., and uh, he he uh, wrote extensively on on uh, reincarnation, among other things, uh, and was later found to be an anathema. Sure. Uh, and declared uh, a heretic, no doubt. A heretic, yes. Right, right. Uh, which is to say there had to have been an, uh, a discussion, at least, in the early church uh, of the time. The book is called Origen on First Principles, and uh, the the author is G.W. Butterworth. Uh, it's uh, This one is a Harper, Harper Tar- Torch book. Would you Harper. kindly, uh, Daniel, and I appreciate the recommendation, would you kindly put that all in a, in a nice, tidy email and send that off to me? Uh, I will, but I need to put an email to, together first. All right. I look forward um, to that. Thank you. Uh, I've got to run. Got the uh, the music percolating up here, which says we're off to a break. But thank you so much, and uh, great good. to hear thank from you, you Daniel. Richard. All right, Daniel from Medford, Oregon. Back with more open lines right here on the Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarah. Welcome back. We are doing open lines. It's high time. You and I chatted. You, me, and the telephone. Uh, let's go out to uh, Brampton, west end of uh, the greater Toronto area, and uh, say hello to Martin. Martin, good evening. Good evening, Richard. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And uh, happy Mother's Day to all the important women in your life. Well, my mother died, but uh, my landlady, I gave her a very nice card. Well, aren't you a wonderful tenant? Well, she is a very nice landlady. Good for you. I want to ask you about uh, the the Anunnaki. Do you know about those guys? Oh, yes, the Anunnaki, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, they're, I they're had the pleasure stuff. of interviewing Zachariah Sitchin a number of years ago, and he was kind of getting on at that time even, and um, it was kind of hard for him to stay up. And, and do late night radio, and I recently spoke with his niece, so I'm I'm fairly well versed in the Anunnaki. And um, anyway, where did you want to take that? Well, I, I uh, I'm, I'm not well versed. You know, I've been thinking about you know watching I'm watching the ancient aliens on TV, which is very interesting. I mm-hmm. mean, we have the plane to Nazca, Peru. We have all this evidence that there may have been people that were here before, maybe people that put us on this earth as maybe an experiment. But the Anunnaki, apparently they're like 15 feet tall, and they came here 3,500 years ago, and it's about time now that they're going to come back. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, can you give me some insight into that? Well, the, the um, it's a rather elliptical orbit for uh, you know this this planet Nibiru which is supposed to circle around I think it's every 3500 3600 years and it is interesting when you uh, because you know when this planet supposedly swings by our 
neck of the woods, it comes with it some rather cataclysmic events, and they do seem to kind of coincide with things like great floods and and ice ages and um, uh, earthquakes and the like. So, you know, that kind of matches up. That's kind of a curiosity, kind of an interesting thing. Uh, In terms of the whole, you know, were, uh, were, were alien seeds planted here? Uh, again, uh, I'm conflicted by that. I make no bones about, you know, I, I put everything through my faith filter. And, um, it's not a popular, it's not a popular, uh, topic of discussion in the whole UFO arena. Uh, you know, to, well, I, I, to come you know, out, I, no, to come out and suggest that that we are in fact unique and alone in the universe, uh, and and I I put that out there, and I believe that um, I, I don't think I, not, I don't think we're dealing with extraterrestrials, I think we're we're dealing with interdimensionals, and you know, one man's demon is another man's ET, I suppose. Well, uh, we have we have black holes, and you know, I think that the black holes is just a, a, a another conduit to a different universe and and the the Anunnaki well a different universe or a different dimension I think that's an important distinction um, well yes uh, well I think that you know the different universe but if how how can we be the only universe just like how can we be the only planet you know, and and, and this uh, people. Well, if you believe in an Almighty God and a Creator, and and He and and we are, I believe, unique, made in well, His I'm, I'm made in His image, here. and 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 this is you know this splendiferous, magnificent um, universe is 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 here for us to appreciate, uh, and um, you know to look up into the heavens, and also I guess be humbled a little bit, but. We are in an incredibly sweet spot. I mean, the you know the odds of there being life on other planets, I think is it's the um, you know if there are, if if the universe is in fact teeming with um, uh, these alien civilizations. Enrique Fermi, you know, he called it the Fermi uh, paradox. You know, where are they? Where are they? Well, you know, we, we as human beings here, our, our technology is only advanced, only just beyond the primitive stage. Um, has Com- compared to what? Compared here? to what? Compared to? Our, well, our, our technology is, is in the Stone Age or primitive compared to what? Advanced civilizations, assuming that they're out there. Well, I think that we can actually determine where our technology is going. Mm-hmm. And any ancient civilizations out there, which I mean, don't I, I don't mean ancient as in real old like the Egyptians, but, but they are so far away and they've come so far to find a planet like ours mm. to possibly deposit um, life forms to see how they will, how they will uh, um, evolve. Right. Listen, I, uh, well, just we have the plains of Nazca, Peru. I mean, somebody had to land there 3,500 years ago. Well, how would you build it? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, listen. I let me cut to the quick. I I believe the UFO phenomena is real. The question is, you know, who is piloting them? Are they extraterrestrials? 
I don't, I wouldn't call them that. Uh, I, I, I firmly believe, you know, 150 million people since 1947 can't be wrong, all of them, even if 1% are right and have seen something that can't be explained. I think today, 90% of the unidentified uh, objects can be uh, explained as some sort of advanced um, aircraft, probably made in the United States. Yes, certainly. Uh, but again, so what's the other 10%? Interdimensional, uh, paranormal, supernatural. That's that's where I'm. My head is parked right now. And I, again, I know that's not popular in the UFO community. You get yourself stricken off a lot of Christmas card lists that way. Well, I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not really part of the UFO community myself. I, it's just I watch these TV shows and they and they present it as as evidence that there were people here, like mm. millions of years ago. I mean, you got to remember, the planet is like four and a half billion years old. And I haven't seen any, like I've seen dinosaur fossils, I've seen fossils of uh, the, the, the the horseshoe crab, and I, but I have never seen fossils from a human being from a billion years ago, let's say, so to speak. Um, so, so when you got like places like the Nazca, the plains of Nazca, Peru, I mean it's, it's definitely a landing strip for something. Well, and, I think that's a bit of a reach. I don't think it's definitely a landing strip for anything necessarily. Um, well, why would they make it? Well, I guess first we have to figure out who made it uh, and when, uh, but. You know, that to, it's not screaming at me as, you know, the smoking gun piece of evidence that we've been uh, visited by an advanced civilization. Sorry, well, I mean, I know, just, I, I don't... I, I, you know, I, I, I ask myself, too. Now, I'm not a, a uh, you know, God and evolution and and the way things have gone and, and the evidence of... Well, we cannot explain the evidence you know, um, as these ancient alien guys say. At any rate, um, uh, just something to put out for a thought. For it, you know what? It's it's hey, it's what much. it's what drives this program, and it's a great it's great fodder. And uh, Martin, I appreciate the call. Um, well, you know, I, I, I thank you for my call. Uh, thank you for taking from my call. Um, I'm as open-minded as anybody, and uh, if anybody has anything to say about it, I would appreciate it, I, and I love your show. Thank you very much. Martin, appreciate it. Bye now. Bye-bye. All right. Now, let's see. Um, why is Todd from Virginia on Todd from Virginia on three lines, or is there something wrong with my program? Oh, it's the screen caller. All right. Indigo Kids. Todd in Virginia wants to talk Indigo Kids. Hello, Todd. Welcome. Hi. Hello. Hi there. How are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? Top drawer on this fine Mother's Day. Yeah, uh, happy Mother's Day to all the fabulous mothers out there. Mine's very fabulous. Um, I just wanted to say about the Indigo Kids, it's a really, like, interesting phenomenon. I was just looking it up, and, like, the, I'm not sure I understand it quite well. Like, why is nobody talking about this more and more? More and more kids are getting diagnosed with ADD and ADHD. So I'm kind of curious as to why people aren't referring to them as, like, indigo kids. Can you kind of give me a little bit of insight? Well, if you're asking me, you know, why are we not... I, let me see if I understand your question. Why are we not identifying children with 
attention deficit disorder as being indigo children? Like, yeah. Well, that's a bit of a leap, isn't it? I mean... I, I'm assuming so, but do they have, like, supernatural powers or something? I'm, I'm not sure I'm understanding this concept quite well. The concept of indigo children? Yeah. Well, um, my understanding, and it's somewhat limited, and, and maybe I can get into this with Rosemary Ellen Guiley um, when she joins us later, uh, but these are these children uh, have in, supposedly sort of are off the charts in terms of intuitive abilities. Um, although I don't know that there's been a uh, you know a scientific study uh, of this at some place like you know the Stanford Research Institute, that would be an interesting study. Perhaps right. there has been. I'm not aware of one if there has been. Um, and uh, I don't know whether the the idea is that they may in fact be some sort of you know human alien hybrid. Uh, but in any event, they are supposed to be sort of spiritually uh, and psychically, you know, miles ahead of the rest of us plebes, particularly the one sitting in this seat. So, you know, that's my limited knowledge of uh, of indigo children. I can't uh, recall actually doing a show, at least not in the last seven eight years, uh, on the subject. Maybe it's high time we did that. But um, I don't know that I I don't know where you, you know why you would make the leap. Uh, attention deficit disorder to uh, to indigo children, or am I missing something? Explain why you you, I, you think there may be a connection. I saw one article that said something about ADHD and ADHD, and I was very curious. I was I was like to myself, why why are they making such a leap? Oh, hmm. interesting. Okay, well, I think ADHD may have more to do with uh, less to do with aliens and more to do with pesticides, but that's just me. Uh, am I sounding like an incredible skeptic and a curmudgeon tonight? I don't mean to be. No, no. No, right. you're doing well. Thank you. Okay. Todd, thanks for checking in from Virginia. Thank you. Goodbye. All right. Uh, let's see. Brenda is uh, in Toronto right here in our backyard. Brenda, good evening. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you saying that. Um, Richard, I'm so glad that you have open line tonight. I was going to come by the station and drop this letter off. But now that you have open line, I'd love to bring this up. I want to talk to you about a show that you did on Sunday, August the 23rd, 2015. And you were talking about just, you were talking about targeted individuals. Right. And you were talking about Oliver Stone and the movie he did about JFK and how you thought perhaps he'd be willing to do something about targeted individuals. I actually followed up on that show with mm-hmm. a letter um, January 21st, 2016, wrote a brief letter to Oliver Stone, giving, I hope you don't mind, but giving sort of a summary of what you discussed on your show that day. And I asked him if he was ever in Toronto, if he had a rep in Toronto, would he be interested in this topic. I didn't hear back from him, but I was wondering if possibly you could back me up on this. And we could invite Oliver Stone to be on your show. Well, what do you uh, think? I don't know how far that's going to take it. Uh, I mean, um, I'd be happy to attach my name to, to, to that if you'd like. I'm wondering about his son, Sean. Uh, Sean Stone maybe a little more accessible. And, oh, really? Yeah. Do you know anything about him? Um, yeah, he's, um, he's a filmmaker like his dad, film director, oh, uh, wow. and an actor. Uh, so... You know, that's worth a shot, too. That's just another thing to consider. I I never thought of that. Um, What I was hoping for is that he would take an interest in the topic 
and that myself and other people, so many people have contacted you about this topic, would turn over some of the items, documents, photographs and whatnot that they had to him mm-hmm. for him to look over and see if he'd be interested in doing a book, a movie, whatever he does best. You seem to think that he was really good at doing an investigative movie. And well, I he, like that he is. Yeah, he, he, he seems to be one of the... Um the few directors out there that I'm aware of that is willing to to take those kinds of chances. And he has that kind of power in Hollywood where if he, if he decides to make a movie like that, he can get it done. Um, yes, I understood you to say that, and I was so interested in what you had to say. Keeping I in also, mind, though, once you, you turn yeah. a topic like this over to the Hollywood machine, sometimes what comes out the other end bears little resemblance to what went into the hopper. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of my caveat. Um, yeah. You know, if if we really want to get the information out there, maybe, maybe, you know, we're looking more at a, a, a documentary. Then, however, you have to weigh that. Do you, you want do you want someone with the heft of an Oliver Stone, even a fictionalized version of this subject matter, uh, to reach you know a critical mass? What do you think is the best thing to do, Richard? Why don't we just sit down and write ourselves a letter? Let's write a letter to Oliver Stone, okay? Send me an email and we'll we'll uh, we'll craft that together and we'll uh, see what happens. All right, I will give you a copy of what was already sent. Excellent. All right, and uh, then you'll know what has already gone to him. Um, contact me through the me. website. Got to run. I'm late here for a break. Apologies. That's fine. Thank you very much. All right. and um, we'll talk about this again. Thank you so much. I love the show. Thanks, Brenda. Love the show. Thank you. Good night for now. All right. Back with more Open Lines. Don't go away. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrant. All right. Welcome back. Open Lines. We have a few chairs available. Five chairs, no waiting. Open Lines. And uh, just a reminder, coming up in the uh, the second hour of the program, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, our resident paranormal investigator, will be uh, with us. And uh, we've got a few uh, stories to discuss as part of our uh, monthly paranormal news roundup. And then I'm going to ask her about her participation in the uh, Forrest J. Ackerman investigation. Uh, Forrest J. Ackerman, a science fiction writer, literary agent, and the uh, the longtime editor of Famous Monsters of Filmland, which was uh, an extraordinary publication and influenced generations of, of filmmakers. Uh, and when he passed, I believe 2008 or 2009, um, he, as an avowed atheist, promised that if if there was in fact an afterlife, he would try to reach out to somebody. Well, that somebody apparently is is Paul Davids, uh, writer, filmmaker who was um, who befriended uh, Ackerman. And uh, the evidence, which is is most compelling, is all detailed. In his book, uh, An Atheist in Heaven, we had Paul on the program last week, and then I discovered Rosemary Ellen Guiley was also involved in that investigation. Now, let me tell you how th- this evidence that I, I speak of, how compelling it is. For those of you who are uh, regular viewers of my television show, The Conspiracy uh, Show, you'll know each episode we have a skeptic on there. And one of our go-to skeptics is Michael Shermer. Now, Michael, talk about a curmudgeon. Uh, and uh, not even, a, I wouldn't even call him a skeptic. He is just a debunker. And uh, I don't want to be unkind, but, you know, <laughs> Michael does, uh, not only does he not suffer fools lightly, but he, I mean, he won't even let you in the front door. He's just, 
he can be uh, difficult. Let's put it that way. Uh, and that's as far as I'm, I'm going to go. I'm not trying to be unkind, but he is a tough nut. And he was impressed. Even Michael Shermer was impressed by the evidence laid out in An Atheist in Heaven. Again, this document, uh, documented evidence that appears to point to genuine after-death communication between the late Forrest J. Ackerman, or Forey, as he was known affectionately, and Paul Davids. So we'll, uh, we'll get, um, Rosemary Ellen Guiley's take on that, uh, as well. Now, just a quick note before I go back to the phones. And thank you for participating in our open line segment on this Mother's Day edition of the Conspiracy Show. Uh, the, the Monday morning after I did that show on the Sunday with Paul Davids, talking about all of these strange things that happened between Paul and perhaps the ghost of Forrest J. Ackerman. And one of the stories that Paul told was one of the investigators on the case had a cell phone in his house that uh, would mysteriously disappear, would reappear, went flying off a mantelpiece, went flying off a coffee table. So, Monday um, Monday morning, the mighty Aphrodite, who I'm uh, embarrassed to tell you doesn't always listen to the program. Anyway, she's a mom, a super mom, and she, uh, she gets tired, and so she doesn't always stay awake to listen to the show. So she had no knowledge of the conversation that transpired the Sunday night between myself and Paul Davids about Forrest Ackerman. Monday, she's out running some errands, and she calls me on her phone. I'm down in the office, and uh, she's out doing some banking. And she is shaken, obviously shaken. Her voice is trembling, and she told me that she had misplaced her cell phone. And she had uh, come out of the bank, got back into the car, Realized she didn't have her phone. Checked her purse. Checked the the uh, the floor of the, the the car and so forth. Turned the pockets in her jacket inside out. All right, that's important. Just tuck that away. Turned the pockets in her jacket inside out. Couldn't find it, so she returned to the bank. Then convinced she must have left it there. Went to the bank. Wasn't there. Came back. Got into the car. And somehow, I guess, maybe reaching into her pockets for her car keys or what have you, there was the cell phone. Pretty hard to miss, something like that. Particularly, again, as I say, she turned the, the, the pockets inside out, and there it was. So, she was confused, confounded, and a little scared. Uh, and then I told her about the conversation I had with Paul Davids and Forrest J. Ackerman, and I thought, ah, Forey strikes again, perhaps. So uh, maybe we can talk about uh, disappearing and reappearing objects, uh, either in what remains of our open hour or a segment here, or a little bit later with Rosemary Ellen Guiley. All right, if you've got a line, hold on to it. Brenda. Oh, no, Les, I'm sorry. Les and uh Danny in Toronto and uh, Tony in Toronto. Everyone checking in from Toronto. Hold on, we'll get to you when The Conspiracy Show continues right after this. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarek. All right. Listen, I, I mentioned earlier, Patrick White uh, was uh, with us from Conspiracy Culture. He's presenting... A very special event coming up next Saturday, May 21st, featuring David uh, Politas, the author of Missing 411 Canada. And uh, we have a pair of tickets that we're going to give away here. 
uh, to some lucky winner uh, on on the line. You've got to be on the on the program, and I'm going to play you something that I discovered recently. And um, first, I'll get the caller on here, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll find out what Danny from Toronto wants to talk about first. Are you there, Danny? Hey, Richard. Hey, Danny. How are you doing? Very well. Listen, what are you doing Saturday, May 21st? Uh, nothing as far as I know. All right. Would you like to try to win a pair of tickets to uh, Missing 411 Canada with David Politis? Absolutely. I've listened to him and yourself on uh, Coast to Coast uh, when you were guest hosting for George Norrie. Okay. I'm going to play you something. And uh, I'll give you a hint. These are not screaming demons from Lord of the Rings. Uh, but have a listen and see if you can identify what is making this sound. I suppose <laughs> it does sound a little bit like a Sasquatch, uh, but it, or Bigfoot. It, Go ahead. Uh, it's it is not a Sasquatch or Bigfoot uh, uh, Bigfoot uh, sound effect or call. But you're, you're right; it does sound like uh, recordings. I've heard of that. Sorry, a little bit. Um, sorry about that. Anyway, what did you want to talk about? Um, well, I'm glad you're having open lines, but I, I wanted to make a suggestion to you, um, especially since you've guest hosted on um, Coast to Coast uh, and, re- and kind of uh, helped George Nuri out a bit. Um, and by the way, being a Canadian, uh, like knowing that you come from Canada and the Toronto area, I, I really appreciate that. But also, um, I've listened and dug into this stuff uh, pretty extensively over the last uh, seven or eight years. And I just wanted to suggest uh, he's been interviewed on Alex Jones at Infowars.com. But Jordan Maxwell, I think he'd make a fantastic guest, and he certainly knows his stuff. Um, You're, again, you're obviously uh, the type of person that would do their due diligence and that type of thing. But... uh, whether you contact Alex Jones or his people at Infowars.com, I just think that uh, Jordan Maxwell has it right. And uh, with all the things that are going on with our food, our air, our water, etc., uh, I just think that he would make a fabulous guest. Uh, well, yeah, he's certainly one of the sort of the, the preeminent uh, researchers in that whole, well, multiple fields, stuff, yep. secret societies and, and ufology and uh, occult philosophies and so forth. I, I, um, I interviewed Jordan years ago on another okay, radio cool. station but you're right it's thank you um you know it's sometimes i get too close to it and i and i lose sight of um people that are out there that i've had on or or haven't had on and should have on so um i'm gonna i'm gonna make a note of that or i'll get albert you make a note of that my fine story producer <laughs> uh albert and we'll let's try to get jordan maxwell on the show thank we'll you that. so much for hearing me out and by the way i just wanted to say that i i think uh it's wonderful. Not only are you kind of skeptical, but also uh, I know that you'll do your homework, and uh, it's just nice to see somebody. Uh, I, I don't call them call screeners. I call them gatekeepers. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier tonight, and uh, most uh, radio talk shows are more about gatekeeping uh, than uh, legitimate uh, call screeners, and a true debate is about uh, hearing both sides, and we're not talking about uh, people that are irrational necessarily or anything like that. So thank you for uh, taking my call, and thank you for genuinely keeping an open mind. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Danny. Thank you for uh, checking in and for the uh, excellent suggestion, Jordan Maxwell. All right, we'll work diligently, or Albert will, to get him on the program. Uh, Is it Les in Toronto? 
Les. Welcome, Les. Thank you. Um, I was just going to talk about John of Patmos. Okay, he was the one that was uh, wrote the Revelations. Of that's God. right. That's right. Okay. Uh, did you know that he was a homeless alcoholic? Did I know he was a homeless alcoholic? Yeah. Well, I, I I don't know that I would characterize you know. Uh, Okay, One well, of the disciples is a home. He was well, imprisoned okay. on Potmos, okay, so well, I don't know that you would call him. Heard this story. It's just, it's I have not heard that story. Very few people know about. Um, it's, uh, I think it's an interesting story. Um, a friend of mine who grew up on one of the Greek islands. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was many years ago. He was uh, vacationing on Patmos, and he got talking to um, a fisherman there. And uh, the fisherman said something derogatory about John, and my friend says, well, you can't say that about John. And the fisherman said, of course I can. When he was here, he was the most educated man on the island, but he was never sober long enough to be able to write anything down. And that's why he was always depicted as being with a scribe. And um, and my friend pointed out to me, he says, you know, if you notice on the ancient sorry, the oldest Greek paintings, they always depicted John being with a scribe. And if you go to the Patmos Tours website, okay, they don't tell you the story I just told you, but they tell you that the scribe's name was Prochorus. Okay, so so the name of the scribe has even been preserved. And when my friend told me this story, I thought, wait a minute, that must be true because that would explain why there are errors in the Greek uh, sorry there are grammatical errors in the revelation of John but there are no grammatical errors in the gospel of John or the other writings of John okay the scribe made the errors okay so that makes sense but anyway so this um, fisherman went on to say that um, the reason why John ended up in Patmos is because he had been uh, scaring people with um, stories about the end of the world and uh, authorities in the various cities in the ancient world they couldn't charge him with a crime so they banished him from the city and according to local legend he was banished from every uh, almost every place in the ancient world, and he had, uh, that was the last place he could go was Patmos, which was a rather remote place in the ancient world. Well, there, there are a couple of accounts. One is that he was exiled, and one was one that he was imprisoned. And uh, I I won't pretend that I know which version is correct. Well, this is uh, anyway. This is what the fisherman told my friend. Okay, mm-hmm. so I got you know I, I I suspect they don't tell this to tourists because they want tourists to come there, but. Um, Anyways, uh, he, he also said that John actually got kicked out of the town on Patmos for the same reason, and that's why he was living in a cave. Hmm. Well, uh, it is, it is, he does lay out a pretty scary scenario. Well, it, uh, however, it, you know, it's, it's interesting, and, I, and uh, as a, um, uh, you know, I, I've been an Orthodox Christian for the last 15 years, and I, I only learned several years ago that um, that is the one book... Uh, in the New Testament, that uh, they do not read from in the liturgy, during a divine liturgy, they will yeah, not read because it's just so, I guess, uh, open to interpretation and 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 so forth. But um, 
Okay, no, I've not heard that story. However, I got to say, you know, I don't necessarily, um, you know, look to uh, a fisherman, one fisherman on the island of Patmos, well, to give me I, my uh, give me my information. Opinion, I gather this isn't the opinion of one fisherman. This is this is local legend. A local legend. All right. Um, okay, but it's it's you know it seems to fit, um, um, and um, also. Oops. Okay, I lost the, the other point. That's all right. Listen, I gotta, I gotta scoot, but I will look into that. And if you have any other information, if you want to send that along. Oh yes, the other point is um, this leads to the question. Okay, the big question. Okay, did he have a hallucination? Okay, alcoholics are known to have hallucinations, so that opens up. It opens up to that question. I suppose. I suppose it does. Okay. Anyway. Um, if that's true. Okay. Anyway, plan some holidays for um, Patmos. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm uh, I'm hoping to get over to Greece very soon. So uh, I haven't done the Greek islands yet. That would certainly be on my list. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. All right, Les. Okay. A homeless alcoholic. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, based on some local legend. All right. So he traveled with a scribe. Now, I don't know when, at what age, uh, the Apostle John was when he wrote Revelation, but I know he lived to be about 108. So, that might explain why he had a scribe. Let's see, uh, is Tony there now? Yeah. There's Hello. Tony. Hi, Tony. Hi, Welcome. You, yeah, can you hear me? I can, loud and clear. Okay. What I wanted to know was, uh, well, some time ago, um, I think you had an exorcist from the local GTA area. I forget his name. Uh, you know what I mean? Yes, I do. He's up in Orangeville. Oh, okay. Because uh, I would like to hear him again. You know, uh, because uh, now I'm embarrassed uh, because I've had him on many times. And Albert, uh, do you remember his? What, what's his name again? You know. Let I me do a quick. Uh, let me see if I can do a quick search here. My gosh, he's going to slay me because we've we've done so many shows together, and this is what 52 year old. Uh, brains sound like on the air. <laughs> um, he's up in Orangeville. I know that. Oh dear, Reverend Gordon Williams. Okay, the Reverend okay. Gordon yeah, Williams. Yeah, yeah. I would like to hear him again because, like I said, uh, you know, the enemy is real. I I phoned once before and I said, uh, and I meant that when I said that if there is other life on other these, these other planets, uh, why is the devil spending so much time here? And I didn't mean that to say. Uh, it wasn't meant to be a joke, but it was meant to be very real because, like I said, uh, uh, the enemy is pretty real and he's exercising a lot of influence. And uh, I've had my share of dealings with him as well. Uh, and uh, one is a case of what some would like to label the so-called sleep paralysis, which is just another name to label something and they think they have it explained you know what i mean right right yeah they sometimes we call it the old hag syndrome yeah yeah Yeah. i've had my and uh, i wasn't asleep when this happened because i could see my clock at the exact time that this thing was pressing in on my chest and i couldn't move and you know you just can't move you can't utter anything you know what i mean and i knew i was quite awake and uh, finally i called out to you know in my mind because I couldn't even say it. I called out, Jesus, help me. And, and then that thing just disappeared. Right. Well, just because sleep paralysis is real and may explain 
you know, 90% of what we used to call old hag syndrome doesn't mean that the other 10%, you know, are not real, legitimate uh, cases of, uh, of possession or oppression. I certainly sure. believe, you know, in that possibility. I believe in an unseen world. And, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Listen, yeah. uh, what are you doing May 21st? Do you want to take a, a, a yeah. shot at uh, winning some tickets? All right, uh, Ian, can you play that? What is making this god-awful demonic sound? Someone guessed Bigfoot earlier. Yeah. Uh, someone would say that. I'm not quite sure, though. There is another. Uh, there's another uh, reason why what that is, but I don't know for sure. Uh, talk about the, that lady with the phone disappearing. That would be uh, the I mighty had... Aphrodite, my lovely bride. Yes. Oh well, uh, I knew a friend of mine at work, and he said his father uh, was sitting at his table. Uh, and uh, typing something, and he's had a little night table. He put his Coke can there, uh, turned back around, it just disappeared, he said. Totally disappeared. And then I, I questioned him further, and uh, uh, that's strange, I said. Um, and then he he, he said, uh, well, you know, my father was into this uh, witchcraft stuff. So there you go, and ah. I kind of, kind of made the connection. I think they call that an apport. Uh, disappearing in a reappearing object yeah, in a yeah, port. He's also, he was also into witchcraft and all that. Oh dear! So listen, linked to the dark side, you know. Okay, I mean? listen. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to bonus you. I know you guessed Sasquatch, and that's incorrect. But I'm going to put you on hold. Ian will take down your information, and uh, we're going to send you. Uh, we're going to arrange for you to get a pair of tickets. You'll have to pick them up. Okay. Um, but we'll take your name and phone My number boy, off uh, air. wants to hear this guy because he's very fond of... Uh, Excellent. A pair of tickets. Hold on and uh, speak with uh, Ian. He'll take good care of you. And we'll see you on Saturday, May 21st. David Politis, Missing 411 Canada. All right. The website, strangeplanet.ca. Say hello on Twitter, at Richard Serrett. And as always, follow the truth. <laughs>